Welcome to Funny Books 1000. You know, we did stop counting at some... I don't know what episode we actually... For all you know, this is Funny Books 1000. It could be. We've been going at it for 10 years. For, for it's been a long time. Well, it, that would probably put us closer to five hundred, but it could be ten thousand if you count all our various podcasts. Could be and, and bonus episodes and interview episodes. You just never know. Are we are we going to sing Happy Birthday to Batman? We're not. No, no. We're no, just not. Ah. We're just not going to do that because you know why? Because Batman doesn't want it, Paul. Well, he does. He has many, he has a birthday scene in this very issue that we're going to discuss today. But nobody sings Happy Birthday, if you'll notice. Not fair. In fact, you know, if there's not a bunch of 12 dead people sitting around the birthday cake, it's Batman all by himself. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) So, you know, where were you 80 years ago, Paul? Were you at the corner drugstore getting yourself a copy of Detective Comics number one? I was, actually. You were. Yeah. You were. All that running keeps you young. Well, it's it's because of that dip in the Lazarus pit that I look as good as I do. Well, okay. I, I mean, you know, good being a subjective term. <laughs> it doesn't fix my looks. No, no, no it <laughs> doesn't. No, no, that, those I was born with. I, I should there, say good keeps me looking as young or as not as old as I am. <laughs> there is no amount of magic that could be employed by Dr. Fate that would, that would improve your looks, Paul. No, no. And that's not to say that you're an exceptionally good-looking man and that that there's no possibility of improvement. I'm just saying that there's some sort of negative magic sink involved there that just consumes the magic to keep you (laughs) looking as polished as you you currently look. It's it's like a sponge. I mean, apparently it's an acquired taste, but... uh, I'm I'm like Two-Face, but one. (laughs) They call him (laughs) One-Face. One-Face. I like it. Yeah. I like it. See? All these things. Well, and if you can't tell already by the title of this episode or everything we've just said, we are talking about Detective Comics 1000 today. Um, 96 page giant. And I think that, you know, if we're. If by 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 way of full disclosure, oh, um, we are rec- this is an evening recording. Uh, so we're recording on Thursday night, the Thursday after New Comic Book Day, in which Detective Comics One Thousand came out. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, again, in the context of full disclosure, I have had a substantial amount of scotch before we sat down to record tonight. It's so a, it's after seven p.m. So Aaron's yeah. drinking. Yes, and I uh, and I had to drink fast, so that's always good. <laughs> That's why he's been so mean. He's a mean drunk. <sighs> so, so I, 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 in the interest of full disclosure, I'm the sober one on this podcast for once. That is, that I mean, is, that is so rare. That is, it is so rare. Very unusual. It's like Two Face flipped the coin, and strangely enough, it came up heads. Yeah, <laughs> One Face flipped the coin. <laughs> The, ah. the sober coin. <laughs> the sober coin. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Detective Comics came out yesterday, as of the time of this recording, under a cover by Jim Lee and Scott Williams and Alex Sinclair, featuring Batman, his family, and the rogues gallery. Well, I mean, some of them. Uh, I liked this cover, you know, and, and I'm, I'm starting with the cover because I rather dislike the cover to Action Comics 1000 by the same creative team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just kind of generic Superman standing on the, the planet of the... Or the planet... 
on the roof of the Daily Planet, which, you know, I mean, you should be, it, it just wasn't very iconic. It just felt like generic. Um, whereas this cover I actually quite like. It's a, it's a fine cover. I, I think Batman's drawn a little weird um, with in, in terms of the cowl. His cowl looks more like a, uh, a uh, you know, Dark Knight Returns, uh, you know, Dark Knight. What is it? the uh, the uh, movies? You know, yeah. he looks more like the, the, the movie cowls. And I don't like that. It looks more like a baseball or a, a motorcycle helmet. And I don't care for that. Yeah, I think that's how Jim Lee kind of, in, you know, has been doing it for a couple of years now. Yeah. But he draws a wonderful utility belt. He does. Yeah. And, and it beats the hell out of that new 52 design. So, you yeah. Know. Which, you know, we don't see in this issue uh, very much. Yeah. Um, so th- these are uh, a bunch of tales. Uh, much like Action Comics 1000, including, I mean, some of the same creative teams, honestly, um, doing their their takes on Batman. I think each story is, you know, roughly four, five, seven, eight, nine, like nine to ten pages long, depending mm-hmm. on the story. Um, and, it, you know, the first thing we get is an advertisement for the 80 Years of Batman Deluxe Edition, um, which I haven't picked up. I did pick up the Action Comics one uh, that Same featured here. the Jack Kirby, not Jack, oh my gosh, the Joe, the <laughs> Joe, Sh- the uh, Schuster and, um, wow, Simon? Simon and Schuster? No. No, no. Uh, uh, I should know this, Aaron. This is sad. This is we, sad. This is what happens with drunk cast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it's, it's Siegel and Schuster. Siegel and Schuster, not yeah. Simon and Schuster. They're not making uh, encyclopedias. Um, yes, the Siegel and Schuster, you know, they had an, an unreleased story. This one doesn't necessarily have that. They they do have some some great stuff, including a new story by Paul Levitz and Dennis Cowan. Um, but they do have some stories that perhaps shouldn't have based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's very possible so, so it's you know flipping that you know it's the two-face of it yeah <laughs> so i, I I'm, I'm i mean i'm gonna pick it up right now it is 1849 uh on comiXology which isn't too bad of a price for for as media book as that is but honestly on some of these things if you just wait a little bit longer by the time i get to read it it'll probably be on sale yeah it'll be 5.99 Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, how do we want to do this, Aaron? Do we want to tackle each story individually, or do I think we can we can just you know flip through the book and uh, talk about each of these different stories? And and I think you and I are exactly on the same page, Paul. That uh, one of the weakest stories in the book is the story that leads it off by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, which is a really strange thing to say. Yeah. Because they are both so generally good at Batman. And I got to say, I'm not just complaining about the story itself. I don't care for the art. Yeah, um, it, it felt, all of it felt um, mediocre for, for them. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and I like we said, we like Scott Snyder. We love Greg Capullo. You know, I, I feel like a lot of this may have just been set up for their upcoming uh, graphic novel. Or I guess it would, I don't know if it's a prestige format or a graphic novel. Uh, from that DC Black label, because it's kind of a story that goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just a setup story, uh, but it you know it's Batman's longest case, and it ties back to something that happened in Detective Comics number twenty-seven, and I, maybe that's why it leads off. Mm-hmm. But uh, in general, I I found the story just kind of boring. It's it's just yeah. a you know a couple of pages of exposition leading up to an ending that wasn't really satisfying. Yep, and I mean no amount of Detective Chimp in this story could save it. No, you know, I, I mean, I was like, "Ooh, Detective Chimp, he's not helping the story." I mean, was, <laughs> yeah, I really strongly disliked this story. Um, it is, it's all 
lead up. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, it, it is all preamble to a story you don't get. Yeah. And I found that really frustrating. You know, one thing that I will say about this book that I shared um, when we talked about Action Comics 1000, which is that the stories end rather abruptly. And because mm-hmm. some of them have the... Uh, the credits at the beginning and some of them have them at the end. I really wish there was just a freaking pinup page in between mm-hmm. or something, you know, instead of just, saving all of that for the back of the book. Yeah. Like just give me yeah. something in between the stories to help break them up because it, you know, you, you, it's almost, it almost feels like you're missing a page, especially with this one. Uh, yes, it says end, but it's in a little tiny print on the bottom of the page. And then you turn the page and you're immediately into another story. Yeah. Um, which again, I, I understand this is an anthology book, but it feels like they could have, uh, you know, from an editorial standpoint done a little bit, hell, even a, a black page in between or a black panel at the top of each page, whatever, something yeah. to help break that story up. Some branding to, to really put it in context would have been helpful. Yeah, uh, you know, put those uh, variant covers as pinups in between the stories. I don't care, but just something. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we didn't care for the first story, which by that superstar creative team. But the second story is also by a superstar creative team, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Paul Dini uh, doing the writing and Dustin Nguyen on pencils. You jumped ahead. Uh, That's third story. Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, I duh. You're right. I'm sorry. I was I, I scrolled too far. I apologize. My bad. You never we'll scroll too to. far, Aaron. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the second story, and again, this is another one where this is, um, the credits are at the end. So it's, you know, a a rather abrupt change, but, you know, I've already said that. Uh, But (laughs) this story is by Kevin Smith and Jim Lee on the pencil. And, you know, I know, Aaron, you have not been the biggest Jim Lee art fan. You you, you said you didn't love the cover. What did you think of his uh, art in this story? Well, and I'm also not – I find Kevin Smith's writing to be rather uneven. Yes, I agree. Um, and the, but I, I have enjoyed his Batman writing. I really uh, uh, like his Widening Gyre books. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, those uh, the, those books are, are really strong and I've enjoyed them. Um, and I finished that? I don't think so. I think that <laughs> we're still waiting on the last thing. But, you know, Kevin Smith, he's not strong on the finishing. No. Um, <laughs> but I thought that the artwork in this was really good. I particularly enjoyed the depiction of uh, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, it, it, so this the story in here is that Batman um, is seeing a dealer who um, who handles in rogues gallery uh, items, basically items right. left behind by the rogues during crimes. Yeah, it's, the, it's the loot dropped, right, or the gear dropped mm-hmm. as part of you know super crime. Yeah. Or a significant crime. And so, you know, Batman shows up in his guise of Matches Malone. And I, I always kind of get a kick out of him. I love seeing Matches Malone. Yeah. Um, but he shows up at, at this dealer to uh, to pick up a particular item. And a lot of what's happening, even though, you know, we've got this scene going on in the store. Meanwhile, you've got these flashbacks to other things going on. You know, him fighting with Mr. Freeze, him fighting with Clayface, uh, him fighting with who's the guy that was in Widening Shire? Who's that guy? Cacophony. No, the, um, um, Onomatopoeia. Oh, Onomatopoeia. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think Cacophony was the name of one of the books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, you've got scenes with him and Bane. So you're getting all of this nice action uh, kinds of oriented stuff. Uh, But, you know, Batman is ultimately looking for the gun that was used to kill uh, uh, his parents, you know, the Waynes. And, you know, it's sort of sort of an interesting take. I think it was a long way to go for sort of the punchline in this. But uh, I thought it was an interesting story. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't have worked as a full length. 
uh, comic book, but for the the, yeah. the the space in which it was given, I thought it was well done. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. It's it's um it's a nice introspective, heartfelt piece, but also you know has some of those big Jim Lee action panels. So I liked it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I almost wish this had left had led the book. I agree. I agree. I think that it was a stronger story, certainly than the uh, Snyder Capullo story. And but I will say that this story and pretty much. Every other story in this book are all guilty of the same thing, and that's navel gazing. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, you know, the introspective Batman thinking about his place and the events that shaped him. And I guess that's appropriate for an 80th anniversary book, but it's a little frustrating when you get 96 digital pages of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And so I— I I broke this up into two readings. I started it last night. I finished it today, um, and I don't think I could have I could have gone through the entire book in one in one sitting, because the tone was so similar throughout. And that's true. It is not you know everyone's basically it's a bunch of creative teams telling their take on the Batman, but all their takes on the Batman are kind of similar. Like no right. one steps outside of a comfort zone in this book. There's no like weird Sam Keith dreams you know like the 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 weirdest one i guess was probably the the jeff's uh john's one which we'll talk about here in a couple minutes um well yeah there's nothing like out of the ordinary there's no unique takes on batman like uh honestly i would say detective comics number 27 the um you know that that featured that future batman story by uh scott steiner and sean gordon murphy Mm -hmm. and some of that had a little bit more variety to it than this does yeah and you know moving into the next story the the aforementioned Paul Dini, Dustin Nguyen, uh, legend of Canute Brody. I hated this from top to bottom, Paul. That's funny because I really didn't <laughs> mind this story. And, you know, here's the thing. I I loved Paul Dini and Dustin Nguyen on um, Detective Comics when they had their run. Adored that. They, you know, they did the sequel to Hush, The Heart of Hush, and The House of Hush, and they had... Um, you know, Hush in my pants. <laughs> they had... Uh, that's the storyline uh, where Riddler went good. And, you know, health Batman solve crimes. Uh, and I just, I loved everything in the, in that book um, at that time. And now this story isn't like great, but I thought it was a fun little throwaway tale. Yeah. I strongly disliked it. Ah, that's a shame. It just, and the, the punchline final panel, I was just like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I really disliked this. Ah, well, it's a shame. I liked it. Well, well you know, yeah. the, the next one, what do you think of the next one? So the next one is The Batman's Design, which is by Warren Ellis and Becky Cloonan, um, which is uh, kind of, it is a very, it's Batman chasing down, uh, is it bank robbers or just criminals Hate of crim- some... Hate criminal. Yeah. They, uh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that they were just, they're just, uh, these guys are the baddest bad guys. You know, they, they're race haters. They are, uh, you know, uh, just looking to, to hurt anybody they can. And so Batman shoes them into the stage mm-hmm. uh, that he has set for them. And so he can, he can uh, not have to go easy on them. Of course, even though it doesn't appear that they're wearing some sort of uh, super armor, they just look like they're wearing tactical suits like, yeah. like any SEAL team might wear. Uh but, you know, Batman says, oh, you know, they're wearing powered armor and yada yada. So I don't have to go easy on him. And so he's blowing up shit all over this. <laughs> you know, uh, taking these guys out. 
He launches one through the air like uh, you know, like a catapult. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, you know, this story I enjoyed up until the end. It's very Warren Ellis. Um, and I like Warren Ellis. I do, too. Uh, and I think, you know, I think you can say that about almost every single one of these teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I particularly like Warren Ellis. I enjoy, you know, he, he has a real sort of sensibility for Batman, I've always felt. Yeah. And I even felt that way about his Moon Knight work. Right. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, this is this is him writing Marvel's Batman. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I did I, on Secret I, Avengers. Like, yeah, you know, he, exactly. he's a great. You know, a great action sensibility. Yeah. But the end of this, the, the the final page of this story where Batman's facing down the head of this gang that he's just taken apart. I hated the way that resolved. Oh, yeah. Same here. I mean, you know, it, it's 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 Batman. I mean, you know, he corners this guy and the guy's got like a dead man switch on a bomb vest. And he's like, you know, I've got all of these infectious agents. If I blow up, it's going to foul the river. There goes your drinking water. You will kill this city. And Batman's just like, look at me. Look at me. I'm already dead. Look at me. I'm trapped in this place. And all I do is haunt the living. Do you want that? <laughs> and the guy's like, no. And that's it. Yeah, and that's how it ends. It's so, you know, after the story, you know, I think they tried to go for an impactful emotional ending. It's not. It, it's it's actually not at all. Um, it's it's rather lackluster, and it's a shame because that story was good up until that moment. Yeah, it was rocking up until that moment, mm-hmm. and boy, I just uh, whew, whew, that was a stinker. Yeah. Well, you know, it is followed by Denny O'Neill and Steve Epting doing Return to Crime Alley. And, you know, it's funny because when I read this book, I'm like, ah, you know what? That book was actually pretty good. But now that we're talking about each individual story, I Uh hated this story. (laughs) Yeah. I hated this story. Yeah, because the message was terrible. Yeah. Now, number one, I hated how old. They made Leslie Tompkins. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, Leslie Tompkins is like great grandmother old. You know, she dresses like Tompkins, it too. Like you know, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just horrible. And I love Steve Epting's artwork. And Steve Epting is built to draw some Batman. Um, you know, the, the 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 bad guys who break into a toy store and grab all these masks, uh, you know, look super creepy out there, right? And again, it's another. You know, Batman revisiting Crime Alley on the anniversary of his parents' death. And, you know, Leslie Tompkins telling him that, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy he is. And these kids, you know, they seem like kids, young men, I should say, uh, try to attack Leslie while Batman's standing there because they don't really believe that that's Batman. They think he's somebody else in a costume because Batman's an urban myth. Batman doesn't really exist. And, of course, you know, Batman lays down the whoop-ass on these guys. And Leslie has this terrified, Bruce, no! And I'm like, you know, secret identity? He wears a mask for a reason. We don't call out his name. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I think the argument would be that he's knocked them all unconscious, but you don't know. You don't know what they can hear and what they retain. And, you know, she's like, no, Bruce, no. Can't you see he's already heard enough? Poor thing. And that son of a bitch is awake. He heard Bruce. Yeah. And and Bruce is like, you know, Batman's like, you feel sorry for him? She goes, no, for you. Okay, okay. Maybe Batman didn't need to intervene, and, and she could have been beaten and robbed. Yeah. I mean, was Batman supposed to hug the bad guys? It's not like he did anything other is, is than, that like, where we are, Paul? backhand them. You know, like, it was there was nothing. And this is Denny O'Neill. You know, I love Denny O'Neill, but woof. Yeah. 
Like this was this was heavy handed with the wrong message. He literally all he did was like knock a couple of them down. It's not like he brutalized yeah. them or it's broke any like, bones. Yeah, it's not like he took any of them apart, right? I mean, we've seen Batman do that. You know, we've seen him destroy people, not kill them, but destroy people and mm-hmm. leave them just, you know, broken messes. That's not what he did here. He he hit these guys in the face. Yeah. Knocked them all down, which is what Batman does. Because they're bitches. That's right. Well, because criminals are a cowardly lot, right? Correct. An ignorant and cowardly lot. Superstitious and cowardly. Thank you. Thank you. See, this is why we have Paul here. Exactly. But, you know, I, I, I read that and I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. Should I not be reading Batman? Is my reading Batman encouraging his behavior? Yeah. Should I stop it? Should I stop supporting the bat? I feel, I feel like we should stop supporting the bat. The fact that we're buying $8 comic books, Paul, ten. supports $10 comic books, Paul, uh, you know, allows the bad to continue to, behaving in this manner. Uh, well, that's where that's where Bruce Wayne's money comes from. Comic books. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I'm not buying the Leslie Tompkins tom- comic book. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Should have killed that chick in the in the Detective <laughs> Comics storyline. <laughs> Instead of making it a dream sequence. Yeah. 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 Well. So moving on to Neil Adams. Continuing down the spiral. Yeah. Because I cannot abide Neil Adams anymore, man. I am am appreciative for what Neil Adams has done to comic book history. But goddamn. Well, you know, it really does feel like that was a snapshot in time. And that's that's valor that we can't regain. Yeah. You know, we can't can't revisit that. Because, you know, when Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams were, were, were... working together on Batman back in the day, man, that was the shit. I mean, yeah. that was some awesome Batman storytelling, but it is certainly a product of its time. And, and none of Neil Adams, Batman work since he came back to Batman in the, in the current era has done anything for me. And this, this also was just straight up terrible. Well, and, and what's funny, why not partner Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill? Is there a reason that they chose Christopher Priest as the writer? I don't know. That's an odd, no like, idea, you know, no idea, but this is also is a, it was just a, a hideous story, you know, that uh, Bruce Wayne had turned, quote, turned one of the League of Assassins to capitalism. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, the League of Assassins took it upon themselves, members of the League of Assassins took it upon themselves to kill him because Bruce Wayne had corrupted him. That's what I got out of that story, yeah. Paul. Yeah, I, it was it was garbage. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. It was awful. Um, but we do come to a story, and I'm really curious as to what your take on it is, because this is the Brian Michael Bendis Detective Comics 1000 story, uh, yeah. which he wrote and Alex Maleev drew. I, Paul, I'm, I'm curious. Tell me what you think. I think they put Brian Bendis on the wrong book by putting him on the Superman titles. I, um, I, hard, I hard agree. Well, hard agree. Regard, I'm not saying he should be on Batman. I'm just saying he's on the wrong fucking book. But his this Batman story was actually really damn good. Yeah, uh, it is very Bendisy, and not just very Bendisy. It's very it's it's not superhero Bendisy. It's very like Alias Bendisy, uh-huh. which you, you would expect with Alex Maleev, right? Well, I guess that was Michael Gatos, but you know my point. Um, it was also Alex Maleev. He did the uh, covers. <clears throat> Okay, so you know, I mean, it, but it, it it very much it's a very talky Bendis story, but it's from the Penguin's point of view about the time he he figured out that Bruce Wayne was Batman and uh, why he chose not to act on it, and I liked it. I liked everything yeah. about the story. I loved the art. 
God, the art was great. The slow panels where uh, Oswald Cobblepot's working it out, and you get the you get this look of him in a meeting with all the other Batman bad guys, you know, and you you don't see you see the Joker the back of his head as he's kind of leading the meeting and talking about you know of course Batman's somebody right he's not just Batman all the time he takes that mask off and he's somebody so who is he and you see Cobblepot working it out over the course of like five or six panels and he goes from this very bored sort of grimace to this just a little hint of a wry smile as he puzzles it together that Batman is Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. I. I just thought that was beautiful, the way that was drawn and depicted. The visual storytelling was outstanding. Yeah, the faces. I mean, and and there were panels in here where I thought I was looking at Danny DeVito. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's so... It's not every panel, but there are definitely some panels where he is, like, doing the Danny DeVito homage, and I loved it. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah this, no, I, this was, might have been one of my favorite stories of the book, if not my favorite. I think it, I, I think it is my favorite story of the book. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the one story that wasn't about Batman navel gazing. Yeah, everything else was very introspective. Well, which brings us to the next story. Ugh. Uh, you know, and I wanted to like this one because it's <laughs> Jeff Johns, and I know, right? But, you know, much like and, Neil Adams and Kelly Jones. And I love Kelly Jones. I mean, the artwork was great. Yeah, um, but the story. But, you know, those two combined, it, it, it's funny because I feel like this story may have worked with a different artist. And I feel like Kelly Jones' art may have worked on a different story. Um, but, I don't it, know, his depiction of Ace, the bat dog, yeah. was great. <laughs> Ace wasn't going to eat that cake, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a better detective than you. It's, you know, it's it's definitely, um, it's definitely, it, it's another one where the ending falls flat. Well, for a couple of reasons, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the story is essentially almost all the crime in Gotham has been solved, taken care of. Criminals have been rehabilitated. Uh, the few criminals that are still out there are all killed at a birthday party. Yeah. You know, 12 of them dead around the table. And, you know, the the, the ultimate uh, solution to this mystery is that uh, all the crime is is over in Gotham City. Yeah. And so we zoom out and Batman is sitting in front of his birthday cake, blowing out the candles. And it's just him alone in the Batcave with his birthday cake. And uh, uh, Alfred says, well, I, I hope you made a wish. Happy birthday. And that was his wish. So what bothers me about it is that Batman doesn't want these guys to die. No. he. Batman has never, I mean, you know, the canonical Batman has never wanted that. He wants them to shape up. He wants them to be rehabilitated. I mean, it's the whole reason that Batman doesn't kill people and sends them to Arkham is so that they can get better, right? And he his wish is not that all that everybody gets rehabilitated. It's that 12 of these bastards kill themselves. Yeah. By eating poisoned birthday cake. I mean, it's just a horrible message. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I feel like it's a missed opportunity. I don't know why Jeff Johns didn't take the opportunity to pimp his upcoming Three Jokers book. Yeah. You know, I that know. that I would have liked to see. But yeah, it was, and again, Jeff Johns, one of my favorite comic book uh, writers pretty much of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. Just this story, very, very much um, the emotional beat wasn't there. And the artwork, even though I, I do adore Kelly Jones as an artist, for me, didn't work. But, you know, the next story is by a creative team that, that I'm very hot for uh, lately, especially since their work on Detective Comics, which is James Tynion IV and Alvaro Martinez Bueno, who are the current creative team on Justice League Dark. 
Um, so this one's called The Precedent, which is about, which is a conversation, like you said, a, a navel-gazing conversation between Batman and Alfred, uh, set in the time where Batman's trying to decide if he wants to um, swear in Robin, or swear in Dick Grayson. As, and, and the precedent that it would set if he brings in a uh, an assistant, an yeah. apprentice. And, uh, you know, Dick Grayson tells him, he says, you know, you're the precedent. Mm -hmm. The fact that you chose to, you know, take up the cowl in the darkness of your parents' murder, you're the precedent. You're Mm -hmm. setting an example right now. People are going to start doing this whether you, you know, school them on it or not. Yeah, which I think which which I think is. Yeah, it's it's a great point. I think it's a a great message. Um, And by the it is positioned wrong in the book. Because by the time I got to the story, I was tired of all the navel gazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, honestly, this is a great story. Uh, the only mm-hmm. the only qualms and, I have about it is, frankly, that I've seen this story yeah. quite a few times. The 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 Batman trying to decide if he's going to swear in Dick Grayson or not, like the final moments before Dick Grayson gets sworn. And I feel like I've seen it, you know, quite a few times. But I I, I appreciate the new take on it. The the, the yeah. you know the whole conversation about setting a precedent and and the Alvaro Martinez art is is beautiful. Yeah, very Stuart Amonish. Yes, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And also the you know story by uh, uh, Tom King. Uh, Tom King with Tony S. Daniel and Joel Jones uh, on the art is gorgeous. My complaint about this is that we have read this story before. Yeah. You know, it's the Bat family all getting together and why the hell are we getting together? And, you know, I, I, I think Tom King does a brilliant job providing unique voices to each one of the various Bat family characters. Yeah. Uh, I love those guys. I, and I, I do love it when our heroes just get together and talk. Yeah. It's one of the things I love about Bendis books because he'll he'll set people down at the dinner table and just have them talk. I love that. What I didn't like about this is that the payoff for this whole gathering, because nobody knows what the gathering is about, except it's probably to kick Jason out, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I find very amusing. And while they're sitting there waiting, you know, spoiler is, uh, you know, asks uh, Tim – I kind of want to make out. And he says, no. And she goes, just a little bit. How do you make out just a little bit? He complains. She goes, I like this question. If I show you, is that an answer? No. Well, maybe. I mean, I love these little bits of dialogue. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fantastic. But the payoff on this is that Batman's brought them all together for a family picture. Yeah. And again, I say, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just... We've seen this story before. I, yeah. I, Scott fact, Snyder told the, this in his run. Yeah, exactly. But with Batman and his his Robins, not the whole right. extended his, family. Yeah, with his boys. Yeah, which, you know, it, there it actually had more of an emotional beat. Because I feel like Batman has been a father to those characters. He hasn't been a father to... Uh, to Batwoman. To Batwoman or yeah. to the Huntress or uh-huh. the Signal, you know. But again, Paul, another great shot of Ace. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you can put that dog in a cowl. I am down for it. (laughs) But you know what? I got to say one thing that I didn't care for in this book, in this particular story, and you mentioned that the art was gorgeous. I did not like the double page spread of the Batman family. Oh, no. uh, Yeah. No, completely agree. Completely agree. I feel like Tony Daniel, everyone looks like they're anorexic. Well, and they're all posing. Right. Yeah. But of course, as they would, I guess, for a family picture. But good God. Yeah, it, it was. And I do like Tom King and Tom King. Honestly, other than the payoff, this is another situation where the payoff wasn't worth it. Right. Um, I feel like if if they had been waiting at the house, honestly, if they had just been waiting at the frickin house, 
Or in the Batcave. Or, or, or you know, but I, I would have almost preferred to see a non-costume yeah. gathering. Like, yeah. you know, because, so, you know, he this kind of goes back to our conversation earlier about Leslie Tompkins yelling, Bruce, no, in front of criminals. He's going to leave a picture of the Bat family at the at his, his parents' grave. Well, I guess it is on right. the Wayne Manor property, so. Just, uh, it bothered me, Paul. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was just, the, the payoff was just silly. It was just yeah. a silly payoff. So we're going to talk about this medieval thing at the end? Ah, yeah, we should. So they're well, first of all, before we get to it, now we get a couple of um, uh, pinups. We get a beautiful one by Michael Janine. Uh My favorite one, which is by Jason Fabok, featuring a kind of a peek into, I guess, some of the storylines this coming year. Maybe it's just Batman and his rogues gallery. I don't know. But it's it's. I thought it, it I love it. It's beautiful. Oh, it is. It is really strong. Um, a, a, a kind of a, a lackluster one by Amanda Connor, even though I generally like Amanda Connor. Agreed. And uh, then we lead into kind of a series of pinups. We you know, um, so Pete Tomasi and Doug Mankey, or I think it was Doug Mankey. It may have actually been Pat Gleason. Did it was Pete Tomasi and Pat Gleason did a similar story in Action Comic One Thousand, where they, it was a bunch of one-page spreads. Um, yeah. Except that one kind of took on different eras and and different exactly. interpretations of Superman. This one very much um, is is modern super, uh, Batman, but kind of still going through the ages, going over his greatest battles, his greatest. You see shirtless Batman doing battle in the desert, um, fighting Mister Freeze. You know, rang- man bat, killer croc, <laughs> man bat. Um, you know, some some some. I mean, I think Doug Mankey does a glorious job on some of these pages. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and the payoff here is that this is the introduction to the comic version of uh, Arkham Knight. You know, when and, and I and I and I'm wondering if the reason you asked is because there's really nothing there to digest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's not really much of a story other than a guy like clearly who doesn't like Batman, so he's like, I'm going to do it better. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, I'm, we'll see how the story takes off. Um, you know, it's funny we we never actually got a chance to talk about Detective Comics number nine ninety nine. Did you ever read it? I haven't read it yet. It's still in my, uh, in my folder. <laughs> we, we need to talk about it when Detective Comics 1001 comes out. Yes, sir. So we just wanted to talk about Detective Comics 1000. And as you can see, we've been talking about it for over a half hour now because there's a lot of meat on that bone to digest. Even though a bunch of books came out this week, including Heroes in Crisis and Shazam and Action Comics and Marvel Comics for Invaders, Fantastic Four, Avengers No Road Home, which we're going to be talking about in a future episode. But... You know, there was an, a, a 100-page book we wanted to talk about. Well, and what I would ultimately say about this is I generally don't care for anthology books. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, I'm loving Marvel Comics Presents right now, which yeah. issue three came out this week. Um, I generally don't care for anthology books because generally they're ju- the, the, the stories are rather short. And like short stories, it's just an idea uh, that isn't really fully fleshed. It, it, there's generally a beat to it. And I felt like that was the case with this with this book. This is generally if we weren't going to talk about this book today, I would not have bought this book. Um, that said, I really can't recommend it. <laughs> I if you want this book, I would wait for it to go on sale. Yeah, uh, yeah because the, honestly, there's nothing in it that you're going to miss. And that's that's part of the problem yeah. with it. And that's part of the problem with Action Comics 1000. You know, what I yeah. like about anniversary issues, when you think about previous anniversary issues, they typically weren't like this. And I understand there's no precedent other than Archie Comics for books that go over a thousand. Um, but I, I, when I think of anniversary issues, I think of scenarios where a big story either culminates or begins. Yeah. Right. And in neither of these books, you know, yes, we got a preview of the Arkham Knight, but that wasn't, 
like a big deal. There's nothing big that happens in Action Comics 1000. It's not, or Detective Comics 1000. They didn't, you know, usher in a new era, you know, have a major death or character anything. And I feel like that's a missed opportunity for these books because ultimately what we got here is like a Batman special, right? Yes, it has great creative teams, but it's not, it's not actually anything that you, if you lifted and shifted this book out of any trade paperback, you would, in fact, I don't know that it will be collected because it doesn't add anything to any of the stories. It is right. in and of itself just a series of short stories that, you know, have varying degrees of uh, success. Agreed. Agreed. So it's a shame, but, you know, I, I did enjoy it. I am glad I purchased it. I am glad I read it. Um, I, I would say... <laughs> I am none of, I, I'm none of those things. <laughs> I would say I actually liked it more than Action Comics 1000. Uh, but, you know, I guess your mileage may vary. But, you know, ultimately what we want is to hear from you guys. What do you guys think of it? You can hit us up on uh, Instagram, IOMGeek, on Twitter, at Ideology Madness, on Facebook, IOMGeek, or give us a call on the uh, IOMGeek hotline. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Well, next week on the show, uh, Aaron, Wayne, and myself, we saw Shazam! Shazam! Last weekend, and... uh, you know, we are going to be releasing our thoughts on the movie uh, next week in time for the release. So you can check out our thoughts either right before releasing. I don't think we get too, eh, we get pretty spoilery. So you may want to wait till you've seen it. Um, definitely check out our review and also give us your feedback and, uh, you know, uh, after you've heard. Very exciting. Well, Paul, always a pleasure to talk to you midweek. I'm going to go back and return to my drinking. Yes, you do that. All right, everyone. <laughs> we'll you catch later. you next time. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.